Welcome everybody to a Democrat and a Republican walk into a bar live here at our friend Ollie's Pub and Records, Beer and Records here. Got some folks in house here too, so it's great to see our friends here getting some business on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. You can probably hear them in the background. This is a Democrat and Republican walk into a bar. I am Sean Hartman, your Republican. With me, of course, as always, is our wonderful Democrat. Dr. Cindy Banier here. And we're going to make sure that we are watching our audio because it's been a bit finicky recently. But thank you so much for allowing us or indulging us here. I'm having a peach sour. And as always, my Dr. Pepper. We are, I can't remember the name of very how refreshing. Is, how was your week, Cindy? Uh, it's been interesting. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm still down taking care of my friend's chinchillas. Oh, nice. And Doc says she's on summer vacation down in Naples, and they just had baby ducks. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, like, we had like, eight like, baby ducklings. So, so do they, like, is it their ducks, or is it, like, ducks that they, that are in the neighborhood that they come to that? Yeah, it was actually their ducks. Oh, were, like, like, they got from, I don't know, Whirl King or something. Yeah, there's, I know there's, like, people who own ducks. Yeah. Like, that's apparently a thing that people do. So, yeah. but that's cool. Cool that people and then like the ducks are kind of just like hanging out and then there's like other ducks like there's oh, most will be ducks i don't even know yeah but yeah one of the pet ducks had babies so that's amazing it's cute yeah, that's we're trying to like hold on to them but the mama duck is not um appreciating that <laughs> i would imagine you're very birds. so quite a bit quite a bit in the news i actually wanted to talk uh, yeah, where where do you want to start? Too much stuff is going on. I actually wanted to start because um, I wanted to initially start with the Wagner Group and everything that was going on there in Russia. But uh, when I woke up this morning, I saw you commented on one of my Facebook posts. Um, it was the one on the Stingray and the Lee County Sheriff's Office. So you don't remember? I mean, maybe it was someone else. But um, okay, well, never mind. <laughs> no, um, no, I had shared a post that that a lot of people were commenting on that people didn't realize about. Lee County Sheriff's Office and the uh, Stingray program and the um, surveillance and intelligence programs that they have um, within the local government. And I uh, thought it was very interesting that it's been getting a lot of engagement. So people who don't know this. Yeah, tell uh, us about it. Yes. A lot of opinions on the Lee County Sheriff. Yes. Oh, of course. So the Lee County Sheriff, and there's actually a lot of places here in the state of Florida that have these type of stuff, but the Lee County Sheriff's Office has what's known as a real-time intelligence center which is essentially a local version of the NSA. It's it's an it's a it's his, his own intelligence agency. And so everything from surveillance cameras that are that are hidden in um the the lights they're called the the lights the street, in the, lights? street lights yes. I don't drive so there's apparently cameras in the street lights that that um someone that that's there but the main thing is the stingray. So what the stingray is is they're um fake uh, cell phone towers and what they do is they'll turn on these cell phone towers uh, when they're trying to look for someone and all of our cell well, time we use our cell phone and it c connects to the tower instead of going to their initial cell phone tower it gets rerouted through the stingray so it's a way that they can use to survey and try to find these people but the thing is when they're when they're surveilling that they're casting a wide net so it's basically yeah. warrantless tapping into yeah. our phones and it is, and actually I was looking this up even earlier, ACLU has been investigating 12 counties in Florida, including blue counties like Orange and Pinellas County that use these programs. They use it very secretly and they do not need warrants to use them. And so 
It was very concerning. I put, shared it. It was actually a Facebook memory from a Facebook story, and I was shared it again. But it was, it was. I wanted to bring it up because I don't think a lot of people realize that when we talk about Big Brother. You know, Big Brother is already watching us here locally, and it's it's not like the FBI or the National Security Administration. It's it's our local police departments all across the state. Yeah, so, yeah. I do. I do have a big recollection of of commenting on that because it was one of the things I did not realize that Sheriff Carmine Marcino was doing. It doesn't surprise me because he's somebody who's very um, self-ambitious and doesn't really seem to care too much what the law is. He's under a lot of heat for various things, including perp walking a 10-year-old. So he, he comes off to me as someone who really would enjoy a police state. Like, it's almost like he's trying to implement a police state here in Lee County. And it's interesting to me because Republicans are usually against this type of stuff. But it's like, this is a very serious issue. And I would really hope that our state representatives would do something to curb this. But again, they, I probably wouldn't, unfortunately, our Republican legislators, because of how much they support the police. And they're going to argue this is about public safety and keeping people safe. It's not yeah. like Benjamin Franklin never said a famous quote that gets butchered all the time about sacrificing safety for liberty. It's not like that's an important part of our foundation, but, you know, okay. Um, but it's something that I just wanted to make people aware of uh, and let people know that, hey, your your county government and your sheriff's office is probably spying on you. Yeah. I'll be spying that's on horrifying. you right now. It is. That's horrifying, too, for a couple of different reasons. Like I said, Sheriff Carmine Marcino is somebody who's already had significant allegations of corruption. Mm-hmm. Within his ranks, frankly, um, he is very coercive, apparently, about how he extracts loyalty from the other sheriffs, including financial contributions to his campaign, allegedly, and that that is how he determines who gets moved up in the ranks. That and that that's allegedly. been a, that's been an alleged practice going going back to previous sheriffs. Going back Scott. to Mike Scott, who Mike I think Scott, is a piece of shit too. Mike but. Scott, who who basically told everyone. That he was going to run, keep a full term, not retire, and then he retired, and then positioned his buddy Carmine to to replace him. Yeah, I happened. heard that that was a sweetheart deal too. That Carmine's family, extended family, including Judge Judy, uh, helped to allow him to Judge, get. He's it. related to Judge Judy. Yeah, Judge Judy's his aunt, from what I understand. Um, but yeah, so they they for made, people who don't know, Judge Judy does. She, she lives, lives in, in Naples. Naples yeah. She lives in Naples, so she's she's a local here, and, and she right lives. because Carmen didn't have all of the necessary credentials and requirements to actually become sheriff. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. So there was some little there moving was... around in order to get him to be in the position where he needed to be, and yeah. So anyway, that yeah. um that sweetheart deal then got Mike's got a job out of state in Tennessee, I believe. And now his, don't worry, his daughter is just got elected to a judge position here. So, uh, yeah, they ran uh, the Republicans and Terry Miller's crowd, who never gets into judge races, decided to run Mike Scott's daughter, uh, Lindsay Scott Garza, uh, against Archie Haywood, who I actually thought was a very good judge. Yeah, he was good. So there was a lot of folks who didn't um, appreciate the sentencing from Archie. So he actually was getting it from the left and the right. And that's why Lindsay Scott Garza of uh, yet another blooming dynasty here in, in Southwest Florida. We also have David Mullica. Did you see he's running for county commission? Yes, so I the, did. The person's Mullica dynasty. Actually, David's a good friend of mine. I don't want to badmouth him or anything. He's actually, I told him, I told him he has my support because we go way back. Actually, I don't know if you know this. So he ran for state rep for Heather Fitzenhagen's seat, I think, in the day against Jonathan yeah. and Heather. 
he was the front runner at the time because even yep. before Jenna Persons, he honestly did not need Jenna Persons. No. He comes from Hodge Marine and Construction, which is one of the largest, yeah. most powerful construction agencies in the country. Yeah, in the very, very, area. very powerful. He didn't. He doesn't. People are like he he Jack- the map. at the sheriff's office, particularly under Caroline Marcino, the role that the sheriff's office plays in politics here. Um, Because there does seem to be kind of like this, I don't know, how do you want to call it? Like compromise, (laughs) how I put it. Like I feel- Oh, you think 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 that that the sheriff may have info like a Jay Hedger Hoover job. situation. Yes. <laughs> because for instance, like it's pretty well buried that Jenna Persons has two DUIs, right? Mm-hmm. The situation with Jesse Purden killing a woman on I-75. I mean, there's several things that have happened with Republican officials or Republican candidates and hopefuls mm-hmm. that um I you know, the information goes somewhere or things get taken care of behind the scenes. And I am just very weary of the potential role that the sheriff's office is playing in that. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on that. I don't have any information for that. Let's let's go to this coup d'etat in Russia that failed. Ms. Speaking of compromise. I'm very, yeah, speaking of compromise. Exactly. This was, this was an interesting two days where I wish would have lasted longer, honestly. Um, I, this was pretty I, fascinating. It was. It was sad. It was it was sad. It was sad. I, it was sad that it ended because here's the thing, okay. and, and we we beat around the bush with Ukraine and Russia for quite a bit, and everyone knows I'm a pacifist and I want peace. Um, but I also 
I think that the reason we are in this war is not even because of Russia, it's because of Putin. And I yes. and it is my belief that if you take Putin off the board, you don't have this war anymore. And so I would would have been very I'm you know coming off of the other side of my pacifist. I'm coming out as a real neocon here and saying and I would have very much would love to regime see change. A regime change. Yes, I want to retain I honestly think that the easiest the not the easiest, I guess it wouldn't be easy to to, to regime change. Yes, you think you're a neocon. Regime <laughs> change is not easy. <laughs> yeah, if we've learned anything, yes. But yes, I would be, I, I, you know, I think Lindsey Graham got in trouble for it, but I was very supportive of the idea of like regime change being the option for peace. Because I think that, you know, the reason we're in this war is not because Russia wants it or the, the policy people want it. It's because Putin won it. And everyone's just following Putin's lead. And so you have to remove Putin from the board or you're going to have to have some sort of compromise from Ukraine, which is going to lead to essentially appeasement and justification of an aggressive war. It's going to empower, you know, other wars like it for territorial conquest, like, like, you know, what we're concerned about in Taiwan, right? So, yeah, I, I, I would have been very supportive of it had they completed, but I guess Belarus negotiated a deal. Um, though, what's his face? The, yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce Lukashenko. it. Lukashenko. No, yeah, not Lukashenko. The other guy, the the commander of uh, the Wagner Group. Cross, Cross, uh, Krosnig, Krosnig, Krosnig. Krosnig. You're not going to be able to pronounce it. The the Wagner guy, I'm gonna call him Wagner guy. So that Wagner guy, no one knows where he is. So I don't know if he's actually already in Belarus or if maybe Putin already disappeared him. Who knows? But you know, this is a pretty interesting thing. But what what I, well, I was gonna say, let's yeah. roll back and talk about like let's give some background as to yes, give us some okay. back. Yeah, you give us so some about two days ago, the leader of the Wagner Group, which is a group of mercenaries that. Putin had essentially subcontracted out the war in Ukraine too. Their leader, Krosnigin, Krosnigin. We cannot yes. pronounce his name. Do not I, just, I can, it. if I had it in front of me, I'd be able to do it. I just, I'm not looking right at it. So um, the leader of the Wagner group, who had been very critical of the actual military leaders in, in Russia, right? Mm. That they were incompetent and things like that, basically led a, saying that the Russian military had slaughtered his own men and they were totally incompetent. So not only did he take back some of the town and the land in Ukraine, then he took the Wagner group, this mercenary group, and started marching towards Moscow saying yeah, that he was going to take two, over. They took two Russian cities and yeah. then they were maybe, what, 20 miles out of out from Moscow and then he's like, nope, never mind. I'm going I'm to just get right, stuck and then out. Turned back. So at, at what, some point, the president of Belarus, uh, Lukashenko. Dictator of Belarus. The, yeah. He's essentially Putin's little buddy next door, right? He's and, Putin's bitch. Yeah. Putin's bitch. So okay. he's. This dude is such a Putin lapdog. He is, he is like a Peter Pettigrew to Putin's Voldemort. This dude is his bitch. He wants so badly to union. Yes. <laughs> I, I just know that that's Putin's dime. Right? Yeah. So it was very interesting that, so he interceded, got basically got this uh, leader of the Wagner group to stop the march towards Moscow and mm -hmm. was going to give him essentially asylum in Belarus to, because at that point, Putin had said that he was a traitor and wanted him to be killed. 
Yeah, so that's so, where we are. That's what's happened. That's what's been so interesting. Whether or not he's actually in Belarus, or he was, you know, disappeared in the middle of, right. you know, on the way to Belarus, you know. But um, what's interesting with this is a, a few a few days before the story broke, I was watching this documentary on YouTube because YouTube's algorithm had figured out that I am a history nerd. Um, so I was watching this interesting YouTube documentary on the Decemberist Revolution. And I don't know if you've heard of this revolution. This is back in 1825. And the fact that this isn't some epic history movie is, is beyond me. But it was um, a military-led revolution after the Tsar of Russia died. And no one knew at the time, but the, the so the Tsar of Russia, when he died, he did not have any heirs. He had an older brother and a younger brother. The older brother, Constantine, did not want to be someone. So Alexander, the Tsar, signed a secret uh, edict that made his younger brother, Nicholas, his heir. So when he died, no one knew that, but everyone, but the, the military people who wanted constitutional reforms and, and the abolition of serfdom, because at the time, even in the 1800s, they still had serf, serfs in Russia. So they wanted all of this, uh, you know, abolition, all these reforms. And they said, okay, well, the SARS dead. This is our chance to actually ensure we get what we want. And it was a big battle on December. It was December 14th, but the calendar's changed. So I think it's December 26th now, but I don't even know. But the point is, is that there was this big battle with all these military soldiers. And it was a military-led coup that um, did not end well for the revolutionaries, but it was seen as the sort of the catalyst for all the future revolutions that happened later. And that's what it made me think of, like, there is a history of, of Russian soldiers standing up against a totalitarian and autocratic Russia. Let's face it, that's what Putin is. You know, Putin is very much an authoritarian figure. I think there's no denying that. Um, and he has, you know, consolidated power um, to the extent that Russia's could not really be seen as, as a viable democracy if it ever no, was one it's not so, a democracy so <laughs> so actually they've been fighting against democracy yeah so again this is one of those make the world safe for authoritarian terrorism regimes so they're they're right. out there doing that with um so i'm very disappointed with uh wagner with the wagner group for not sticking to their guns not going through with it i understand why i understand you know you don't want to shed more russian blood or whatnot but you know what I see the only way outside of Ukraine uh, giving away, you know, the farm, essentially, the only way I see this war ending is through a regime change in Russia. Yeah, I, I don't think that you're wrong, I'll say. Mm. Um, what I think was interesting about this, I actually think Lukashenko is going to pull a rope-a-dope. Oh, of course. I yeah. think he's going to rope-a-dope and give that guy right back to Putin. But that's just my own. <laughs> oh, no, of that's course. That's my own interpretation. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So I think that that's what's going to happen there. I do think that Putin, not only did he overplay his hand, and that's been very clear in the, the war in Ukraine, but that by basically ceding so much of his military power to Wagner, that's where he's got the problem, mm -hmm. right? Is that his own army wasn't fortified enough to yeah. be able to do this, that he had to use this mercenary group. So it was and a recipe to, for disaster from the beginning. And it's also, you know, what it shows, what we've kind of already known is this is an unpopular war in Russia. So the the morale, the um, the desire of the soldiers that he's bringing in, whether it's, you know, he's either bringing in paid mercenaries and recruits from, from anywhere from, you know, the Wagner group to, uh, you know, Iran, Syria, the Middle Eastern countries, you know, 
he's getting all of them from all of there, or he's, you know, doing, you know, forced inscriptions. And that usually yeah. doesn't really give you a, a very good, it's you know, not good fighting force. Yeah, it's not a good fighting force. You really don't don't have a lot of people who'd want to fight. And then the Ukrainians offer some pretty good sweetheart deals to all those who desert. Like they protect them and everything. So why would any, you know, you'd want to desert. You know, you have the opportunity to desert if you can. Why Why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, I mean, and back to Ukraine, I mean, Zelensky's looking at this very positively. He's kind of throwing about a lot of, oh, well, of course, you know, what a loser. This other kind of stuff. Like it's, he's using this to fortify his own position. So, yeah, it's definitely a morale boost to Ukraine. But again, I'm still very concerned about the tactical nukes that were set up in Belarus. That's, that's really where my biggest worry is. Um, so I would have really wanted to see this regime change sooner rather than later. But unfortunately, uh, Wagner, Gwenner, group of seat out. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I just don't know what's going to happen from here. Is it going to push Putin into a corner so that he's more willing to use nukes? Or is he still unstable from the inside out that, uh, that this is a house of cards waiting to fall? So I, I think it does. I think it does make him more willing to use nukes because it shows him that he, do, he can't keep the military going like this you know they're not going to want to keep them i think that's uh, the biggest concern yeah. and so uh, yeah so that that's where i'm worried about so we'll see uh, within the next week or two if that's what's going to happen and then i think that honestly starts forcing some hands uh, and again how does the united states respond how does uh, ukraine respond what what happens from that that point so very 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 scary stuff happening in ukraine very scary stuff yeah. Which I think would very, very well bring me to my uh, the next news story that I wanted to talk about, which is we have another freaking person entering the Republican presidential race. Which, which one? Is why Will Hurd? No, Will Hurd? We're going to talk about Rick Scott. Rick Scott did not did not announce. He is thinking about it. Oh, I'm sure he's thinking about it, but dear God, I, he, I don't think he. Uh, Tell us about uh, Will Hurd because I don't even know. Well, I don't even know who he is. See, another unknown. So. Will Hurd, and this is actually very interesting. So Will Hurd is an African-American uh, former congressman from Texas, was one of the congressmen on the border, uh, left in 2021, uh, never Trump Republican. He's really running as a neocon. Like straight up, I saw his interview uh, today on one of, the, one of the Sunday talk shows. I want to say it was this week. I'm not 100% sure. But he was on one of those talk Sunday talkies, and he was basically – like saying, not only do we have to defend Ukraine, we have to do what we can to get them back Crimea and this and this and that. And he sounded like straight up, like we're going to send military, we're going to send manpower, we're going to do all these things, like like full 100% neoconservative. And, and so not my type of guy, not my type of guy for sure. But what I found interesting that, what, that, um, uh, that I also found out while watching my Sunday talkies, if you will, is uh, this is actually the most diverse Republican field ever. We actually have more than ha- about half of our candidates are uh, minorities, are people of color, whether it's Tim Scott, uh, Will Hurd, Vivek Ramazzi, whatever his name is. Francis Suarez. <laughs> Francis Suarez, Nikki Haley, and God knows how many other people are going to announce. I guess Rick Scott's thinking about it. I know he's been thinking about it before, Um I mean, um, the only thing I can think of is definitely got media weather balloons. Here's here's what I think, though. If Rick Scott is thinking about running, he's doing it because Trump is asking him to to pull votes away from Ron DeSantis. I think that's what I think. Because Rick. So the thing with Rick Scott, let's talk about this for a second. Mm -hmm. I don't think Rick Scott. Okay, Rick Scott's in a pickle. 
if he runs because he will, cannot run for Senate at the same time. So he would either have to get in the race and get out by April when the qualifying is mm-hmm. or forego his run for the Senate. Yeah, like Rubio did, essentially. No, so. Rubio got back in because Rubio wasn't up for election at the same time. Oh, okay, you're right, yes. So he doesn't, because of the resign to run law, he doesn't have to resign, but you can't run for two offices at the same time. Okay. So he would have to choose between the Senate seat and the presidency, which again- to drop down. Like, so he could just say, hey, I'm in it and we'll see how things go. But the federal qualification period is earlier than the state qualification period, for instance. So to qualify for the state house in Florida, it's June of 2024, but it's April for the federal. Okay. So- I, I don't know. I just I thought that that was a pretty risky move. I don't know who the the Republicans would want to kind of maneuver into that spot, frankly. Um, or probably put Byron Donalds would probably would probably run for that. I know he wanted to run for governor, but that would be that would be an option for him. Matt Gates well, has wanted they, Matt Gates has wanted the Senate. Himself. Well, yeah. Oh, so likes Matt Gates. No one likes Matt Gates. I know. I agree with you. I agree with you. But Matt Gates still wants it too. But he's got a lot of money and connections, yeah. and so it would it would be who you know. I, I don't know. That's a good question. I think Byron would probably run for the Senate seat um, if, if he if, didn't get the VP nod. If he didn't get the VP nod, or if he didn't get, or if, you know, yeah, probably. I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's a very no complicated idea. area, and I still don't think Byron's going to get the VP nod because of again that that Fourth Amendment, which would have cost you know Trump Florida's electoral votes, which he doesn't want to do, and I don't think he wants to move back to New York City either. So I think the name I've been hearing that I thought was very weird is Nancy Mace, the congresswoman from, I think it's South Carolina, one of the Carolinas. But she was actually a never Trump Republican back in the day. She's very libertarian, but she's been on the oversight committee. Her and Byron were on Sunday morning futures this morning talking about all these new Hunter Biden allegations. And, and by the way, just so everyone knows, the reason I haven't brought up the Hunter Biden stuff is because I'm waiting for the final report. Fucking stupid. No, it's because I'm waiting for, I want to see the final report before I Please make any Please fucking put him in jail. And <laughs> well, unfortunately he pleaded, he pleaded for some tax charges. So I guess he's not going to jail for that. It was fucking is, stupid. You know, I know. It's, it's, Listen, I was totally sober and still turned my taxes in late. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a I have a, a extension right now because we sold the family farm and my grandparents put up the family farm in all of our names. But when we sold it, the income went to our grandparents so that way they can retire and live comfortably without working. So I didn't make an income, but it looks like I made an income. And so uh, we, I have to calculate my taxes without it. So that way I know my refund that I would have gotten. And then the family is going to be paying me and reimbursing me for that and then paying whatever taxes I owe from the IRS because I, me and a few other members of the family through it. I mean, yeah, I mean, we could talk about like the Durham report and what a fucking shit show that was in uh, Congress. I haven't read it. I don't know it. I, I don't. It's really like, it's not, it's not really making the case for y'all. Like it's really just a big, big nothing burger. And the, the tax evasion shit is about as close as they can get to nailing him. Cause this is not a fucking real, this is not real. Like, it's so not I, real. He's a fuck up. I haven't, I, but this whole like international, this guy's not even fucking with it enough to make an international play for whatever. It's just not, it's just not. And so I'm in the put hunter jail in, in, you know, put Hunter Biden in jail camp. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if this whole thing 
was actually done without Joe Biden's knowledge and Hunter Biden was just using the name without actually having any real power. Like anyone would like, like, like he was a con man. That's what it really sounds like to me. Is Hunter Biden, he was a junkie. Yeah. But that's what it sounds like with these allegations. But again, I haven't read too much into them. I wanted to wait till the final report before I dig into it. I have not read the Durham report either. Um, so I'm not really going to comment on that. Um, but just just fucking smoke and mirrors that's all it is it's smoke and mirrors byron is up there doing the dance the tap dance like he's been asked to do uh which is like oh look over here dr biden you know don't mind all those 37 felonies he was on on. so he was on on. sunday morning futures we're talking about like the um the uh documents that were in trump's thing uh, and he was like, oh, the Presidential Records Act gives him like five years to go through this type of stuff. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that national security secrets fall, or, fall under a different law. Right. So I, I, it, was, it was kind of like weird for me to, you know, it was kind of stupid, in my opinion, for him to say that because it's like. This is, he wasn't this is, called Lion Byron for no reason. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, let's move House on. House Republicans to- made it, that name for him. It wasn't even me. Oh, oh Dane Eagles, Eagles people, probably. It was before that. Oh, I but, didn't even know that. But well, it actually yeah. goes back to his congressional run in 2012, uh, when he was lying about all of his felonies. Oh, I didn't know. That. Yep, where they dug up all. Of I should have known that. They trotted out the ex-wife. Yeah, so yeah, they they trotted all that out, and they just and resurfaced that they, in the primaries. I don't even get why. Like he wasn't a threat. That like he was. He was. He was. They were it, doing oppo though. But he wasn't like a, I don't know. Really understand like why why they were so concerned about him back then. He was fifth place. The only person he beat was Joe Davidow, who was basically a white version of him. Wait, so so uh, fucking Dan Bongino got more votes than Byron Donalds yeah, in twenty twelve. Oh, for sure, Shit. for sure. It was for like sure. it was only like twelve thousand votes. So lame. <laughs> um, but actually, the uh, I think the the in the twenty twenty, it was um, what's his name. The donut guys. The what? The donut guy. What donut guy? The donut guy in twenty first. Yeah, the um, he was the front runner, but he never talked. He owned Domino's Pizzas and Dunkin' Donuts. Oh. Dane, Doctor Dick and Swizzle. Um, <laughs> Dan Severson. Dan Severson. Casey Asker? Asker is the donut guy. Uh, yeah, he owns Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't know that. Domino's Pizza. And I think I actually worked for Casey Asgar when we both lived in West Bloomfield, Michigan, back in the 90s. How fucking weird is that? He was the one. Yes, I worked okay. at Papa Casey, Romano's. Casey was the guy who was doing all the big attack ads on Byron. So, yeah, because yes. he was he was he was the that guy. So I never got a chance to meet him. I actually had just gotten back into um I was no one met him because he never showed up to anything. I know. I was like, I never he just saw paid, him paid, paid out a bunch of stuff. So ridiculous. It was I, I probably just a plant, honestly. You sounded like you know, if you're not gonna show up, you're not gonna actually run. Freaking Randy Henderson went to debates. No. Okay. No one knew Randy, Randy just scuttled his own career, didn't he? Poor Randy. Because he was he was a very good moderate, you know, you know, worked with both sides. He could have literally just, done anything else, but that was just that was that was thought it was he this is his only shot. Like, all of those people were like, This is my only shot. This is an open seat. You, you know, you only get one shot, one opportunity, as Eminem would say. So he I, I could do it. You know, I've been around. But literally my favorite was Dr. Dick and Swizzle. Fitz and Heller, Dick and Swizzle. I cannot not say Dick and Swizzle now, but 
like in the fact that he made his money off of dick implants like just oh i didn't fucking, know that oh my god you did it i did not yeah, know like that's so he has a, like a couple of clinics in miami that's all he did was like dick enlargements that explains his, his attractive russian wife or partly that's explained. like the third one too and she's 19 so gross but anyway yeah it's yeah. super fun here guys you know and but that's would, why i call him dr like, dick and swizzle and i would see his facebook ads of him like all tough on yeah, a motorcycle, like motorcycle without without the uh with sleeves the, or with you can see the george bicycle. michael late 80s kind of fade beard it's older than my oh dad my God. Oh. Yeah, oh, Dick and Swizzle, and he made all those millions of dollars by touching dicks all day. Can mm. you imagine? Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's the same way his wife made her money. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that was funny. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. That was a very. I I did not get to be here for the primary, but I wish I was. It was a very one of your students also ran for that, Christy McLaughlin. That's right, Christy McLaughlin, one, one of my students. Strong, and a very strong conservative. I had actually, she was trying to attack Byron on a few things too, partly on the on the ethics and corruption side. With, with yep. so that was like when I was asking, like, you seem like very much like Byron. Like, why don't you support him? Because I was, I, I'm still, like, I'm a, I'm a friend of Byron. I'm a still still supportive of him. I'm not gonna not call him out when he does something stupid, but I mean, I still support him. And you know, Christy, you know, Christy was like, there's these these different issues that I that I don't like him on, and I'm like, okay. That, that's a good reason to fight. That's a good reason to. Well, you know, she was the LGBT stuff um, was one of the things. What do you mean? She she just thought that there should, be, if you're talking about freedom, they should allow, you know, okay. So she was like of different hmm. identities. Has the same basically my libertarian. She actually has like a close friend that's a, a drag queen called hmm. Lady Maga. Lady Maga. Yeah. Oh my God! There is a drag queen. Is yeah. it here locally in yeah. Southwest Florida? Yeah. There is a drag queen in Southwest Florida named Lady Maga. Yeah. I, I have to find this this person. I have to find this person, and I am I mean, going I, to bring her to every Republican event. <laughs> Just call Chrissy. She's got the hookup with Lady Maga. That is brilliant. Um, that is brilliant. You want to talk about talk about how how we get more acceptance of trans issues in the Republican Party. Lady MAGA is our ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know what to say. But I do know that that was a thing. Well it is amazing though. And then she went and ran in um let's say it was twenty four. Yeah one of the Southwest Florida Southeast. She was on the East Coast. Yeah. Supported by Roger Stone. So that's a whole and then poor i know christy was having some issues and then after thanksgiving in 2022 she drove her car through tin city in naples and was cited for a dui um she just came back with, on social media but what is it with republicans down here and duis you know dane eagle has famously had a dui you had like four people run against him that one time two apparently the one that we know of when he Jenna was a state representative, Jenna Persons has apparently got some. There's been political consultants down here who've gotten them. And it's like, you guys need to stop drinking and driving. This is why I bike. And Jesse Purden <laughs> killed the lady on I-75 after a Republican fundraiser at a bar. I have actually, and I won't mention who, but there is about a decade ago, after a fundraiser, an individual who is currently in office uh, drove me home after they had been drinking. 
because uh, I don't drive. And so I don't really have a choice. And they offered to drive me home and it was nice of them. But I knew they had a few beers and they, you know, they didn't sober up. Uh, but I won't mention their name, um, but they are uh, an elected official now. And that is a thing that happens here in the Republican Party. Apparently, I'll Drinking and driving. See, like, I get I get the feeling of compromise to a certain extent where it's like, and they, that's why I feel like Carmine's kind of like looped in on it. Because it's like all these folks are getting all these different things or they have different things going on. Or there are certain things that are like known but unknown about them yeah and it gets covered up and it gets covered up and then they run for office and they get supported but it's like hey you got to do what we tell you to do so i mean there's certain things about like dane eagle that is like common knowledge but like not public knowledge Uh, like which one which one are you referring to because i've heard like like being charlie chris super secret special assistant yes okay yeah I have, when, I have, when Charlie Chris was still a Republican, I have heard I have heard multiple super allegations. secret, super secret best friend. Type well, of I that. I won't I won't beat around the bush on it because I have heard these allegations, um, and I don't know how true it is with his wife and two children, but there have been allegations that Dane Eagle was secretly. Listen, they were not conceived in this country, <laughs> which also was like, oh, you went to Iceland and your child was conceived in Iceland. Oh wow! Okay, well, I'm, I'm not. Saying, I'm not one to spread rumors, but I just, yeah. I just have heard things. There, I have. Heard, I there know. are multiple people who have told me that that Dane Eagle was secretly gay, but I don't. He, said know. he posts an awful lot of pictures of his dog on Instagram. Can you not be gay? I'm just gonna say that. Well, I thought I thought the allegations were just because he did CrossFit. He's <laughs> just like a big CrossFit guy. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of funny, but it's not. Yeah. That. Well, I don't know. Also, Mickey's got one where he posted this picture about Ronda Santis that was so, like, he was like, "Get you a governor that you know that." Oh, it, I it's like he's making goo goo eyes at DeSantis, and that's what he posts on Instagram. I'm like, that's who weird. the fuck that does weird. that? Anyway, that is weird. But again, that the, the those are just al- unsubstantiated allegations. I don't know, but just we don't know for sure. Have Let's no idea about that. Don't come at us, State Eagles lawyers. We're not actually saying you're gay. Or do you, because you're a public figure, and I can say whatever the fuck I want, because it doesn't not count as defamation. Nope, not anymore. He's, he's out. He's not an out. He still counts. Does he still count? Good, because I, I want to be protected. I don't want to get sued. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we yeah, don't know, he was but like, I don't, I'm assuming not, because I haven't seen any evidence outside of people telling me that it's a rumor. I mean, how no. much evidence are you going to get something None. like that? Uh, maybe a secret sex tape. I don't know. I have heard that there are sex tapes. Not of Dane, though. Oh, I'm very curious of who we're talking about. You've told me, yeah, you've said there's a bunch Let's of secret stuff. Say that. There's apparently swinger parties that happen off of McGregor, too. So there's a lot of, lot of not safer work. But one of the biggest purveyors of this type of smutty politicalness is not with us anymore, Anthony Thomas. <laughs> Really, it was like he was the dude that had all the secrets, and uh, for a price, you they could be yours. So I wonder. So how did, he, how did he die exactly? He was it, had cancer of uh, the tongue, I believe. Uh, so officially, it was cancer of the tongue. Perfect. Yeah, like tongue and mouth. It was like yeah, mouth cancer. It was a pretty horrific ending, unfortunately for him. And so not slamming somebody who's. Uh, you know, no longer with us, but just as a matter of like, he was the guy that always knew the stuff. He knew all the stuff. He had made it a one 
he was a one-man wrecking ball with the FMPD. Mm. He had taken on a lot of things related to that, put out a lot of dirt and information behind the scenes. He just be, he was just the guy that if you had something that needed to get out into into the hands of other people, he, he was the one that did it. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know, but I knew of him, but I didn't know him, and I definitely didn't know that. But I think that's a very interesting theory.